I will invite your attention this morning to the gospel according to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to read just a few verses of scripture in your hearing, Matthew chapter 26. And uh, beginning at verse 6, I'll read till the 13th verse, Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. And we pray the Lord will help us today to receive from his word. The scripture says this, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, He said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel is preached, shall be preached in the whole world. There shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. And I'd like to preach by the help of the Lord this morning on this subject, God's idea of worship. God's idea of worship. Can we lift up our voices unto the Lord and ask His blessing upon the preaching of His word today. Lord, I thank you for the gathering of your faithful people. I thank you for Grace Point and Tree of Life Church. Lord, the people that you have brought out of the darkness of bondage and brought us into the marvelous light of your great truth. I pray today that your word would have free course. Allow us to hear your word. Let it speak to us in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing of God rest upon us, Lord, as we seek to know you greater. And let there be a life-changing outpouring of the Holy Ghost today, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This particular passage of Scripture is one of the most dramatic passages in all the Bible. In fact, this scene and possibly another scene and maybe even another scene like it are listed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is, if you're familiar with this passage, then then you kind of knew what to expect as the story unfolded in our reading. But there are several references to this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All the writers of the gospel, those who accounted for the gospel of Jesus Christ in in recording it as a historical narrative. Uh, but, But scholars in observing this have observed a few things that cause them to believe there might have been two occasions where this and something very similar to this occurred. That it may not have only been one case. But that a woman, as we read, came to 
Jesus and she opened the alabaster box of very precious ointment. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. They asked, this is wasteful. Why, what, is the, what is the point? What is the purpose of this? This is very expensive ointment. And she is pouring it upon the head of Jesus. And, and what's going to be uh, any use of it after that? It's just, it's given, it's poured out, it's done. And it just didn't make any sense to them. And then Jesus... Uh, uh, rose to her defense and said, leave her alone. Don't trouble her. What she has done is a good thing. And he even said, now the poor, the poor, you will always have opportunities to, to minister to the poor because that was their question. We should have just given this to the poor. And he said, you're, you're, you're not off. You're not off. We should be helping the poor. He said, but, but, but don't make it an, a situation where one excludes the other. Because while you have the poor with you always, you have not me with you always. She did this in reference to my body being buried. And I want you to know wherever this gospel is preached, I want this talked about. I want this referenced, what this lady has done. He really didn't say that about any other interaction with people. That really creates a new significance in this passage of Scripture. The fact that he said, the gospel, everywhere you preach the gospel, I want you to talk about what this woman has just done. Now, there were other instances. For instance, in John chapter 12, there was a, a very similar situation. In that case, the Bible uh, does not necessarily call it an alabaster box. It's a box of ointment. And the woman is not recorded in John chapter uh, 12, or, or Luke chapter 7 rather, is not recorded as having uh, poured it on his head, but rather uh, applying it to his feet. And so we don't know if it was two different women or if it was two different circumstances. It appears to be that there were two different women at two different times in a totally two different set of circumstances. One poured their alabaster box of ointment over his head. It appears this woman was recorded two or three times as having done this by two or three different accounts, two different, different writers. And then it appears that the other woman came behind him and, and she washed his feet. And, and so I'm not going to take the time to parse between which story was which, but the, the bottom line is this. That each of these women understood something. That, that they had something valuable, precious, something that mattered a lot to them. And they came to an understanding of who Jesus is. And they decided they wanted him to be the recipient of the most costly thing they owned. And, and it didn't make sense to any of the people standing nearby. Nobody Nobody could understand why they were doing it. They said it doesn't make sense that they would just pour oil on his head or just pour oil on his feet. It was a disruptive exchange because there were other events unfolding at the time. And the dinner was disrupted and the guests were disrupted. And, and these women are emotional. They are weeping. They are heaving. Their tears are so profuse that they can wash his feet with their tears. And it is such a scene and such a spectacle 
that those in attendance in either case said, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. The whole dinner is being disturbed. The, all the events in order are, are, have just been thrown out the window. And it's a waste of money and good ointment. And in every case, Jesus rebuked those who would criticize the woman for pouring out the ointment and for becoming emotional at what she was doing. He rebuked them. Leave her alone, he said. And, and, and in this case, he said, I want wherever the gospel is preached, I want this to be included. Now that's a powerful statement. Especially when you consider that he said, go ye into all the world and preach my gospel. When you consider the fact that he said, I want you to take my gospel and I want you to take it into Jerusalem and I want you to take it into Judea and I want you to take it into Samaria and I want you to take it under the uttermost parts of the earth. When you consider the fact that Jesus said that, 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 that in fact, that before anything can be done of, a, of his kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom must be published in all the nations of the earth. That you're waiting for the kingdom to come. And I'm telling you, you've got to take this gospel into every nation of the world in order to publish this gospel of the kingdom. And when you do, I want you to tell them about the life of Jesus Christ, the innocent life, the perfect life, the blemishless life, the blameless life. I want you to tell them about the death that he suffered, that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. I want you to explain that in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. I want you to explain that he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. That he was dumb before his shearers and he opened not his mouth against his accusers. I want you to tell them that he was in a garden called Gethsemane. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. I want you to preach this gospel of the kingdom. And I, I want you to tell them about blood that was shed and tears that were wept. I want you to tell them about my side being pierced. I want you to tell them about a crown of thorns and stripes on my back that are for their healing. I, I want you to preach this gospel. And I want you to tell them that if they want to have part with this gospel, they must repent from their sins. And they must be baptized into my name. And they must be filled with my spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody who feels like Paul today, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. But here he's saying, when you say all of that, I want you to be sure and describe what happened today. I want you to make sure to tell people that sometimes the event comes to a halt when a person is in need. I want you to be sure and explain to those who hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that there's nothing too costly to give to Jesus Christ. And that there is nothing such as waste when you're giving it to God. 
No matter how little, no matter how big, no matter how significant or seemingly insignificant, if you give it to God, it matters. I want you to let the world know. I want you to go into the uttermost parts of the earth and tell what happened today. Don't you leave her alone, he said. Leave her, leave her alone. She is worshiping me. This worship that she poured out upon Jesus, it's so important. We talk about worship. And, and sometimes we can be somewhat flippant in our concepts of worship. And we do confuse it with praise. And there is much praise involved with worship. So it's not, it's not unusual, nor is, it, nor is it necessarily a bad thing to, to mix them. But, but there is a distinction Worship in the Old Testament is known as, as actually just prostrating yourself and reverencing God with deep... It actually means to bow down. It means to bow down. This woman was worshiping him. The word worship is not used, but we know she was worshiping him because she was bowing down to him. And it was, it's the physical expression of submission. It is the physical expression of not my will, but thy will be done. It is the physical expression of, of I must decrease and you must increase. It is the physical expression of Lord, I've tried everything and everything has failed. And I need you and I must have you. Please take my life. Please take what is most valuable to me. Do something with what I have made of my life. It's the physical posture. And, and worship in the Old Testament actually references this. And so there is a humbling of ourselves. Of course, when we talk about worship as apostolic Pentecostal people, and if you're here today and, and it's your first time in an apostolic Pentecostal service, you saw clapping of hands and you saw dancing for joy. You saw singing and rejoicing. These are actually normal people. But they're worshiping God. There's something in them that has humbled down and said, I, I just simply, it doesn't matter to me anymore what people think of me. It doesn't matter to me anymore what, what people say about me. Because this is, I have an audience of one today. God has been good to me. He has been good to my family. He has washed my sins away in the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And sometimes they can walk in and be very normal. And men, you let a song start. And they start acting up, clapping and rejoicing and singing. And, 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 and you wonder why. It's, it's, it's because the song is reminding them Again, they've been out in the world facing all that is in our world as we're all facing. But when we walk into this place and we gather together, we are reminded through the singing of songs and the preaching of the scriptures, we are reminded of the goodness of our God. 
And the Bible teaches us to do that, to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart to the Lord. You want to know why we're supposed to do that? Because we are to continually uh, renew our mind in the goodness of God. You've got to remind yourself, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of his Praise! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Don't get so far removed from when the Lord dried the tears from your eyes that you can't act like this woman in Matthew 26. Don't get so far removed from when the Lord healed your body that you can't act like this woman of Matthew 26. Don't get so far removed. Hallelujah! The book of Psalms is one command after another of us to worship Him and to praise Him. Hallelujah. And if you'll do it, it'll strengthen you. How many have found that to be the case? My goodness, you can be depressed, broke down, discouraged, ready to give up, ready to quit, irritable, and all of a sudden you just let a little praise come out of your mouth. Just a little thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Yeah, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me when that was difficult for me to be kept. Thank you, Lord, for waking me. My goodness, when did, when did you last thank him for waking you up this morning? We used to say, he woke me up this morning and started me on my way. Somebody needs to be thankful unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was at the Florida camp meeting this week and, and uh, preaching down there. One of the ministers who preached, preached a powerful message, Brother Jody Wells. He talked about the persecution of, that was coming upon the church. And he, he described what other countries are experiencing. And when he began to describe the disparity between what people in other countries are facing, uh, considering what we face, it was, the disparity was so wide and it was convicting. And I and I I just it was convicting to consider how blessed we are and how spoiled we are, and and and, and as he was preaching, it just started going deeper into my heart, and I and then I started to feel like Lord, what do I do about this? Because I didn't bless myself, you blessed me. What what do I do about this blessing? I I, I don't even I don't even know what to do. And, and you you give and God blesses you more. It's like you just you can't get away from it. You, you, you try to give the blessing away, and the blessing comes back in a greater degree. And I said, Lord, what do we do with this blessing? And I'm telling you, God spoke to me so clear, and he gave me three words. He said, just be thankful. You know, you know, blessings are no fun when you're arrogant about it. Blessings are no fun when you think you had something to do with it. Blessings are no fun when you can't give God the praise for it. But oh, friend, when you realize it was the Lord who gave you salvation. And it was the Lord who gave you healing. And it was the Lord who blessed your life. The song says, I just can't stop praising his name. Hallelujah. 
going to tell you something. If you'll be thankful, if you'll be thankful, hallelujah, you'll be humble. If you'll be thankful, you'll be generous. If you'll be thankful, you'll be compassionate. Glory. Hallelujah. This woman comes in and she just, she has this alabaster box of ointment and she just breaks it open. It's like she doesn't even regard the fact that there's this whole schedule and there's this whole set of events that are planning, planned to take place. And, and Jesus is sitting there and she comes staggering into the room and she's got this box of alabaster and it's like a fine piece of china. I can just imagine everybody like, whoa, 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 whoa. She's a little wobbly on her feet there. Hold up. What's she doing? And she comes in and purposely breaks it open. And pours it on his head. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of conflate the different stories. Because I'm not trying to be exact in these particular stories. They all have the same principle. They all have the same principle. In, in one or two of them, she pours it over his head. In another, she pours it over his feet. And, 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 and it's likely two different women at two different times. One time it occurred while John the Baptist was still living. Another time it occurred right before Jesus died. But the, but the principle remains the same. Don't stop people from worshiping him. And, I'm, and listen, let me tell you something. And there's a difference, than, there's a difference with, with us wanting to get attention for ourselves. That's not what worship is about. There's a difference between that and us being so overwhelmed by the power and the goodness of God that we don't even know who's around us anymore. And we step into His presence and into His glory. And we take the costliest part of us. And we take the most precious valuables we have. And we lay it down at his feet and say, you are everything to me. You are everything to me. Hallelujah. I, I can't say that I've always been like this woman. When the presence of God starts moving, there have been times I'm watching my watch and the power of God is swirling around me. There are times where I come into his presence and I, I have to stop for a moment and think, my goodness, I need to focus. I need to get into this because God is doing something great. Don't miss when the power and the glory of God begin to move in the atmosphere. In one particular place, there was a man by the name of, of Simon the leper. It was at his house, Simon the leper's house. And, and when this woman came in and she washed his feet with her tears and, and dried them with her hair and pours this ointment upon his feet and Simon the leper is hosting him and, and Simon the leper is, is thinking to himself, this, he wouldn't allow this if he knew what kind of woman this was. If he knew what her background was, if he knew all she had done, and people here know what she's done, and Jesus is letting her pour ointment on his feet and weep over him and make this scene and this skeptical. And, and, and if he knew what kind of woman this was, he'd never in a million years allow this. Jesus discerned her thoughts. And you know what he said to him? He said, Simon, let me ask you a question. He said, let's say there, there's a, a creditor and he has two people who owe him money. And one owes him a lot of money and the other owes him a little bit of money. And he said, let's say he forgives both of them. Who do you think is going to be most grateful? 
And Simon the leper thinks he's just, you know, having casual chit-chat with Jesus. And he's like, well, I guess it'd be the one that owed a lot of money and that he forgave him the, the, the great sum of money that he owed. And Jesus said, yep, that's exactly right. The more you owe and the more you are forgiven of, the more grateful you are. And this woman, you're right, she has committed a lot of sin. And now everybody in this room knows she's committed a lot of sin. But she's been forgiven. And she's grateful. Now, now I want to just, I want to take a moment and I want to try to unpack this a little bit because I want to understand what Jesus is saying. He said, those have forgiven, who have been forgiven much, they love much. And those who have been forgiven little, they love little. So now let's understand this. Who in this house can say they've only been forgiven a little? You tell me who in this house is able to say, God hasn't done very much for me. You tell me who in this house is able to say, he didn't really, I mean, come on. I mean, I wasn't as bad as some of these other people. I wasn't as bad off as some of these other people. That's why you have a problem with worship. Because you don't think you need God. You think you've been good enough to go to heaven. You think you've been holy enough to go to heaven. But when you start realizing, if it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side. Jesus, Jesus looked at the Pharisees who were infamous for saying those kinds of things. Infamous for saying things like, I'm glad I'm not like these other people. They got all these issues. They got all these problems. They were notorious for it. And Jesus said, you're going to be in the back of the line. That's what he told them. I don't want to be in the back of the line. I don't want to be in the back of the line. He's been too good to me. He did, hey, he didn't just forgive me a little. He forgave me a lot. He didn't just heal me a little. He healed me a lot. He didn't just save me a little. He saved me a lot. He didn't just pick me up a little. He picked me up a lot. You don't, you don't value his mercy. Because you don't think you needed it like other people need it. But you did need it. You did need it. It was the mercy of God that woke you up this morning. It was the mercy of God that kept you sane. It was the mercy of God that healed your body. It was the goodness. My God. You say, no, no, no. No, no, Brother Joel, no, no. See, I made good decisions. And because I made those good decisions, that's why I am where I am. And they made bad decisions, and that's why they are where they are. Who do you think gave you the principles upon which to base your good decisions? Who do you think gave you the wisdom upon which to base your good decisions? Settle this in your soul for the rest of your days. If it had not been for the Lord. 
Brother Sizemore, I thank God for legacy. I thank God for heritage. We give God glory for our forefathers who brought this gospel to the nations. But I'm going to tell you, and you agree with me, the name Sizemore and Urshan, those names don't save us. It's the name of Jesus that saves us. It's the name of Jesus. And that's what our grandfathers taught us. It's the name of Jesus that is the strong and mighty tower. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know, the, the, the most, the, you know, Jesus wasn't just, Jesus was doing a lot when he was talking to Simon the leper. Listen to what he said. He said to Simon the leper. He who has been forgiven much, loveth much. That's why he looked at him and said, I walked into your house. You didn't once weep over my feet. You didn't once wash my feet. You didn't once worship me. But this woman has not stopped since the time I walked in the door. She couldn't contain herself. And she worshipped me with all of her heart. And she took her most valuable possessions. And she broke it over my feet. Simon the leper. Are you hearing this? This actually teaches us that this man used to be a leper. And we understand he's not a leper anymore because everybody's sitting in his house at his table. Jesus is looking at Simon the leper saying, you of all people. You forgotten when your fingers went numb? Have you forgotten when your feet became, there was a neuropathy? Have you forgotten about your organs shutting down? Have you forgotten when nobody could come around you because you were isolated? Have you forgotten the sickness that was going to destroy your body? But somewhere, somehow, God, who is above all and through all and in you all, Stepped into your circumstances. You know, I've always been, I've always been a little bit harsh on uh, on our reference to people like doubting Thomas. Because, come on, give the guy a break. He believes now. Or, or, or Simon the leper. But I think sometimes we have to be reminded. We have to be reminded, you once were lost, but now you are found. When Paul went through his list of those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, and he listed one sin after another, and it was it was strong, and it was intense to the church at Corinth. I mean, he was listing them one after another, and by the time he gets down to the end, it's like, well, there's nobody left. It covered all of us. It covered all the bases. Nobody's going. And then he said, and such were some of you. I wish somebody would give him a such were some of us kind of praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You remember when you were nervous, but God came through. You remember when you were struggling, but God came through. You remember when you were sick, but God came through. You remember when you were broke, but God came through. And if you're in any of those situations today, no. If you put your trust in Him, He'll come through for you. Come on, break open the alabaster box. Break open that box of ointment you've been saving. You know, the beautiful thing about that box of ointment, those box, that box of spices and alabaster box, Jesus in each case explained, she did, she's keeping it for my burial. She's got this for my burial. He explains, back off, everybody back off. She has been saving for my burial. And she's taking the most valuable thing she has. And she's wanting to apply it to my burial. Now that's noble and noteworthy. Because that's what they would do. They would bring spices to the, to the bodies that were decomposing. And she had, had an understanding that he was, going to, he was going to die. But when she began to learn, particularly in John chapter 12. Because there was a man sitting in that house with Jesus. And John records this little detail of the account. That the man sitting in that house with Jesus, his name was Lazarus. And he had just been dead for four days. And Jesus walked up onto the scene of his death. And everybody was weeping and everybody was devastated. And even, even Jesus was weeping. He was weeping because of their unbelief. And he, he walks up onto this scene and he looks at this matter of Lazarus being dead. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. They tried to warn him off of it. They said, when he said, roll away the stone, they said, it's going to, it, there's going to be a stench because he's been dead for four days. We Believe me, we should not roll away the stone. He said, roll away the stone. Because listen, it doesn't matter how bad it has gotten. Jesus is about to make it better. said that to everybody in this house regarding whatever you're facing I don't care how bad it's gotten Jesus is about to make it better roll away that stone roll away that stone Lazarus come forth Lazarus came forth out of the grave it was the most amazing miracle and the Bible says that Lazarus and Jesus were sitting in the house and the people came and the Bible says it this way not just to see Jesus but Lazarus also, which had been dead and is now alive. And so Jesus and Lazarus are sitting there eating and, and enjoying fellowship. And people are coming from all over. And all of a sudden, this woman walks into the room. Tears are streaking down her face. And she's staggering and stumbling. And she's making her way to Jesus. And she's got this, this, this alabaster box, this, this box of ointment, box of spices. And, and everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? You're going to drop that if you're not careful. She doesn't care. She's bringing it to Jesus. She breaks it open and applies the ointment. And, of course, as you know, Judas said, this should have been given to the poor. To what purpose is this waste? You know, there's a movement afoot that, that considers worship to be waste. There's a movement afoot that considers when we come together and praise the name of the Lord that there's nothing important or good about that. 
And Jesus was, he was protective of Mary. This was Mary, the sister of Lazarus. He was protective of her, not, in just, not just at that moment, but when, but when Martha had a problem with her sitting at the feet of Jesus instead of helping around the house, that would be, that would be frustrating. And Mary's just focused on Jesus. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, leave her alone. She hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away. Let her sit here for a while. Because I'm going to tell you something. What Jesus knows that we need to learn, if you'll spend time in his presence, it will change you and you'll be a whirlwind. See, people say, why would you spend so much time in his presence and not out helping people, not out doing work? You, here's what you got to understand. The more time you spend in his presence, the more time you're going to go out and help people. And it won't be a drudgery because you'll do it out of love for the Lord. And you'll give him the praise and not take the credit for yourself. You'll give him the praise as a devotion to him, as worship to him. And you won't, you, you know, every good deed you do, do won't, won't have a selfie attached to it. You know what I'm saying? It's, and there's, not, there's nothing wrong with testifying, nothing wrong with testifying. But, but when you spend time in his presence and you're at his feet, it's not waste. It's worship, and it's life-changing, and Jesus is protective of it. And, and, and she came, and she broke open that alabaster box and pours out that ointment upon Jesus. And when the insults came, and when the, the snarkiness came, and when the comments came, and when the passive-aggressiveness came, Jesus stopped it all and said, she's been waiting for my burial. You know what he was saying? He was saying, leave her alone. She just found something out. She won't need this for my burial. Leave her alone. She just came into a revelation. I'm only going to be dead for three days. Leave her alone. She just found out I have power over death, hell, and the grave. Leave her alone. She just found out I'm going to subdue every principality and power. Leave her alone. She just loved. Hallelujah, that all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. What is it that prevents us from that kind of all wholesale worship of God? Where we, and listen, it's not, listen, it's not just, it's not just staggering down to an altar. That's wonderful, that's beautiful, that's great. But some of the alabaster boxes you have in your life are back home and they're at work and, and they're other places. They're not even in this building. So don't just, don't just worship him here, but open up the treasures of your heart and say, Lord, it all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. See, when we truly learn that he lived a perfect life and he died the death of a transgressor and he was buried in a borrowed tomb and he rose from the dead victorious and because he rose, we'll rise. Because he came up from the dead, we're going to come up out of the grave. When you learn that, nothing's going to stop you from worshiping him, working for him, obeying him, loving Loving him, loving your neighbor. That's God's idea of worship. That's God's idea of worship. God's idea of worship isn't our little, our little golf clap. That's not God's idea of worship. God's idea of worship is the opening of our heart 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yes, even Sunday. God help me. God help me. You know, it has just occurred to me, I, I think, it seems like the more, it seems like the more we accumulate in the way of blessing, the more dignified we become. more sophisticated we get because the digits are adding up in the bank account and because the connectedness is developing in the community people know me as this and people know me as that and I'm starting to I just have a lot more than I used to have and you of all people you of all people you of all people should be thanking God. You of all people should be worshiping with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And yes, I mean shouting and praising and singing and clapping and waving hands and dancing and however else you choose to express that praise. I know everybody's got a different personality. I'm not picking on personalities. But obey the book of Psalms and clap and shout and sing and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You think everybody in here clapping and shouting is an extrovert? They're not. There are a lot of introverts opening up their mouth saying God has been good to me <laughs> hey but you know what I love you know what I love about that whole episode that whole interaction the Bible says that when she broke that box open the odor filled the room the whole house smelled like worship the whole room smelled like ointment and spices, nobody could get away from it. It was just like, whoo, wow, smelled pretty good. To what purpose is this waste? But you know, she didn't just do that, pour that ointment, but she took her hair and she wrapped it around his feet and she soaked up as much ointment as she could possibly get into her hair. Her hair was absorbing the ointment and the tears. And when she walked out of that room, she smelled like worship. Woo! I would to God that somebody would just absorb what we got in this house right now. Just soak it in. Soak it up. And go into work tomorrow smelling like worship. Smelling like gratefulness. Smelling like devotion. Smelling like sacrificial obedience to God. My God, we ought to walk by people in the airport and them say, wow, there's something different about them. They're different, they're different, they're different. We ought to walk by people at work and them say, there's something different about them. They've been in the presence of God. They look like worship. They sound like worship. They feel like worship. They smell like worship. I wonder if somebody has an alabaster box. Hallelujah. Maybe you've been keeping it even for God. And God says, you know what? Don't do things for me that won't last. Don't do things for me that won't last. Because I'm only going to be dead for three days and then I'm rising from the dead. Only what 
you do for Christ will last. Is there anybody here who has an alabaster box that you could break open something that's been valuable to you that you're going to break open and say, Lord, it belongs to you. It belongs to you. That's it. That's it. Go ahead and dance before the Lord. That's it, Brother Jared. Keep on dancing. He's been good to you. He's been good to you. Anybody else that's been, had God been good to you? Come on. Anybody else know what the goodness of God feels like? Anybody else who knows what the mercy of the Lord feels like? Anybody else knows what healing feels like? Anybody else know what it feels like? Woo! For God to have brought you out, lifted you up, set your feet on the straight street. <laughs> Woo! My, 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 my. I wonder if somebody can step out of their pew right now, step into their aisle, step into their, into their aisle and just say, God, I thank you. Just put one foot up and put one foot down and say, God, you've been good to me. If you feel it, go with it. If you feel it, go with it. Come on, if you feel it, go with it. Come on, if you feel it, feel it, go with it. sing and we're getting ready to magnify the Lord and I want I want somebody in this house and you know what the book of Psalms gives us a lot of ways in which we can express our praise however you feel to express your praise right now I want you to do that okay if you want to clap your hands clap your hands if you want to shout shout if you want to sing sing if you want to dance dance Hallelujah. David even said, I ran through a troop and leaped over a wall by the help of my God. If that's what you want to do, don't run through the wall, but, but, but you can run, you can shout, you can praise. In fact, you can do all of it at the same time if you want to. But I think something's got to get a hold of us in 2021 that says he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of sacrificial praise. He's worthy of sacrificial living. He's worthy of consecration. He's worthy of obedience. He's worthy of faith. He's worthy. Come on, I want some people who know we're going to live forever with Him. To praise Him like we're going to live forever with Him. Something's about to happen in the Holy Ghost. Something's about to happen in the Holy Ghost. Something's about to happen in the Holy Ghost.
Everybody go like this. No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Oh, shake those shackles off. Sing no more shackles.
Come on, clap your hands and worship. Yeah. 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 Somebody said, no more shackles, no more chains. One more time, why don't you lift your hands right now? Somebody give God some praise and worship in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Urshan, thank you for sharing the heart of God today. What a fantastic word. You ought to leave this place today worshiping all the way to your car. You ought to leave this place today worshiping all the way to the restaurant. Worshiping all the way to your house. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for being with us today, all of our Tree of Life family, all of our Grace Point family. Amen. God bless you today. If you want to entertain the presence of the Lord, entertain the presence of the Lord. Don't forget to pick up your kids in kids' ministry today. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday night at the Annex and online. God bless you today. Have a great day in Jesus' name.